Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The European Le Mans series on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. A brand new season of European Le Mans series racing is almost upon us and uh, I'm in a very busy paddock here at Paul Ricard in the south of France, about an hour's drive east of Marseille. Um, This could be an incredible year, year 15 of the ELMS and the scene is set uh, in what's been quite rainy and cool, Paul Ricard, uh, so far this week there have been two test days on monday and tuesday uh, also on wednesday some running for the brand new intake of michelin le mans cup runners too so it's been a busy time here in the south of france and now all is set for the friday saturday and sunday running of the opening round of the 15th edition of the european le mans series an incredible 41 cars entered into uh, this opening race of the weekend. Six races on the calendar, as we've become used to uh, in recent years. Of course, there was the change from three-hour to four-hour races, and then an added race, which again takes place at Spa. There has been one tweak to the calendar, though, compared to 2018. No longer are we going to be visiting Red Bull Ring in Austria, and the replacement round is going to be Barcelona in Spain in July, which promises to be a warm one. I think you'll agree. There's also some news hot off the press uh, that that's now going to be an evening race. Going into full darkness, uh, all of a sudden it becomes clear why there was some night running here for a test here on uh, Monday night. Uh, A three-pronged test session on Monday and then two separate morning and afternoon sessions on Tuesday. But yes, another change to this forever flourishing European Le Mans series package. Saturday night racing, uh, and as I say, well beyond the hours of daylight. That should potentially mean it's a little bit cooler as well for the runners and riders, rather than running in the heat of the day on Sunday. Let's interrogate the entry list then. 18 LMP2 cars from teams well-established, like Dragon Speed, like United Autosports, like Panes Bartes Competition, coming so close to their first victory last season at Portimao. They've got two cars here this weekend from the French squad. Algarve Pro Racing entering two cars. Edex Sport, well-established in the 24H series in GT cars, but also regulars at Le Mans as well, uh, with Patrice and Paul Lafargue, the father and son duo, and they've got some very impressive drivers in their lineup once again there. High-class racing of Denmark return, making their name uh, a couple of years ago in the Renault RSA1 trophy. Sadly, that's not a thing anymore. Defunct at the end of, where are we, Twenty. 17, no, 2016 it will have been. And ever since then, Anders Fjordback and Dennis Anderson have been part of the ELMS for the last couple of years, entering their third year on the bounce. Some new uh, guys that we have, new team names that would become familiar with in LMP3, making the step up, like RLR M Sport of the UK, like Inter Europol Competition, a favourite uh, of many in LMP3. And they took their first win 
uh, last season too were, were in contention for the championship heading into Portimao. Well, they've managed to source a Ligier JSP217 and are in the LMP2 category, therefore. Duquesne are back for another season. Graf uh, scaling things back a little bit. They had two cars last year, just the 39 machine in the entry this time around. But again, strong drivers in Tristan Gomendi, uh, Alex Cunho and Jonathan Hershey. And... Now, a big name in single-seater racing, but have never taken part in the European Le Mans series. Quite unbelievably, really. But Trevor Carlin brings his Carlin squad to run the only Delara in the LMP2 entry. And it's going to be fascinating to see how Trevor and his drivers, uh, two young uh, British talents, Ben Barnacote, who is well-established now in GT racing with McLaren, but uh, used to race in single-seaters, and Jack Manchester, is might be a, a new name to one or two. Again, he's come through the single-seater route. He's the silver, Ben Barnacote the gold, and Olivier Pla, ever-reliable uh, former champion of this series. He's the platinum. So Carlin, car number 45, will definitely be one to look out for for British fans of single-seaters. Let's see how Trevor's crew get on in a two-seater with, as I say, the only Italian uh, chassis in the LMP2 entry built by Delara. So that's LMP2, but rather than make this preview all about my voice, why not take this opportunity for a quick interview or two with drivers that are raring to go in the paddock? And I thought quite a good place to start would be Edex Sport because they have not one but two former champions in their lineup for car number 28. Paul Luc Chatin, a double champion in fact in LMPC and in LMP2 for Signatech Alpine, and Memo Rojas, the Mexican driver who won the overall championship with Leo Russell two years ago, 2017. So caught up with Memo a little earlier on in the EDEC garage. The European Le Mans Series. Uh, delighted now to be in the EDEC Sports garage with uh, a man who was champion of this series just a couple of years ago, Memo Rojas. Um, a second year with this French squad, and it's becoming quite established now, isn't it? Your, I mean, your driving team and also how you're getting used to these guys. Yes, I'm so excited to be back with Edex Sport in 2019. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, we won the championship uh, in 17, and uh, we're here to trade again. Um, these guys have done an amazing job since last year, and uh, you know, it's now my little French family. <laughs> Very happy to, to be driving with Paul Chatan and Paul Lafargue and, and all, all the great uh, French crew. Actually, two champions in the same car. This was the case last year as well. But Paul Chatan, you go back far enough, he was winning LMPC, I think, in 2013, maybe? Yes, and I think he won LMS as well in, 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 in 14, I think. I'm not sure. In Tech, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, we, we, we both have experience. And, and uh, Paul Lafargue, who is a very young uh, and, 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 uh, and talented driver who, you know, is, is helping us achieve this, I think uh, we have a great balance uh, in the driver lineup and uh, and uh, you know we're here to, here to win and trying to do the best we can. I remember getting very excited in 2017 just to have a Mexican win the title because it was a long time in your career before you actually came to Europe to race full time. That might have been the first year, in fact. Yeah, that's right. I was, uh, you know, I was uh, fortunate to have um, my career path take me to the United States uh, with a great team like Chip Ganassi Racing, which I drove for eight years. Uh, we we achieved great success in IMSA. We won the championship four times. We won Daytona 24 three uh, three times. And uh, the goal now is coming over Euro- over to Europe 
is not only to win uh, the championship, which we achieved in, in 17, but you know the 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 main prize of endurance racing, try to win Le Mans 24. That's that's the goal. It feels like, uh, and I know it is, a, a real family atmosphere here with Patrice and Paul, who are pretty much our edX sport, and they're interested in motorsport. Yes, but I know they're also into yachting. I believe yes. a big team yes. there too. Um, if you can be in contention for the championship this year, would it would it be a little extra special because it is a family so cl- close knit team? Yes, definitely. Because I was able to witness the progression of Edex Sport uh, from being a, a family team running a, at a specific level uh, before 2018 and have this great uh, transition into one of the top teams. Uh, during 2018 and being part of it of with with Polu with Paul and now you know starting 2019 with with this same inertia from 18 uh, same drivers same engineers same mechanics uh, all wanting to achieve one goal we have now the confidence we know we can do it and hopefully you know we are in a position to to fight for the championship and to fight for the win in the mall and I guess Paul Lafargue your other teammate he's just getting quicker all the time he's vastly experienced not just in LMP2 but he's still racing his GT as well when he can um, are you able to to help him along and just find those extra tenths of tenths of seconds around the lap yeah I mean the three of us are always helping each other you know we're if, if one of us find the speed in one a certain corner with a different line we always uh, speak about it there is no uh, jealousy or any uh, but how would you say bad blood between the drivers actually it's completely the opposite mm. we know that if one of us is faster it's good for us it's if the other one can, can be faster it's better So, and in this case Paul has been doing a terrific job especially in, in this this year in winter testing I'm, I am amazed at his pace mm. he's been doing a terrific job uh, you know we are always trying to help each other out and, but uh, it seems Paul at this point doesn't need so much help <laughs> so, so, but we will we'll keep working together as a team Awesome to have you back. I think you're one of about 18 former champions in this year's ELMS. 41 cars. I think it's going to be a pretty special year, and we wish it's wish it's very good for you. Yes, look at the at the lineup of all the teams. It's it's going to be amazing. It's going to be tough as well. So, uh, you know, we'll give it a shot. LMP3 looks on paper to be an absolute dogfight pretty much for the full season. Qualifying is always a highlight on a Saturday when 10-minute sessions uh, pass in the blink of an eye and each of the classes gets their own 10-minute segment with just 10 minutes downtime between each. But LMP3 is famous for having probably about half the field at the top of the screen through the duration of the 10 minutes because the the best times cycle through so quickly and actually one or two people have said to me today that the LMP3 car although the tyres get to operating windows very fast indeed they're all on Michelin tyres by the way the cars for some reason just take a little bit longer to get there now whether that is I mean we're talking small amounts of fuel being burnt off whether it's just the driver's becoming more confident i don't know but th- there is no limitation as to which driver you can send out no golds or platinums permitted into lmp3 racing so it's a mixture of bronze and silvers you have to have at least one bronze in your driving lineup and actually uh, a, a good number of entries are just two driver lineups this year 
Let me reel off the teams. You will recognise most of them, if not all. United Autosports back again for another season, having previously won it. 360 Racing with two cars this year came so close to wins in 2018. I'm sure we're just on the cusp of those now for the British squad. And Nielsen Racing make the uh, the British entry very impressive indeed because RLRM Sport are there with a single car as well. Remember the uh, the... Other car in the entry is actually an LMP2 car from RLR in 2019. Two cars from Inter Europe Hole competition. That means they've got three in the total entry. A brand new team from Switzerland is Real Team Racing with Esteban Garcia and David Drew. Drew is well known to fans of ELMS, having uh, now driven for a number of teams. All Changer Oregon, uh, a team from Italy who have previously raced in things like Renault Clio Racing that used to support the uh, the Renault 3.5 series at the Renault Festivals and also in the Megane Trophy as well. Well, their lurid paint scheme, instantly recognisable, uh, now brought to a Norma M30 for 2019. Damiano Fioravanti, uh, Lorenzo Bontempelli and this man, Gustas Grimbergus, are the driving lineup in car number 10. The European Le Mans Series. The next garage along is where we find the Oregon team. You can very easily spot this car. Um, and if you've watched things like Renault Clear Racing and Renault McGann Racing through to Re- uh, Renault RSO One Trophy, you'll recognise this paint scheme very much with the pink nose, the green rear and the yellow middle. And an interesting driver line, a completely different driver lineup for 2019 compared to last year. And I'm with a gentleman here who I think has already... Uh, certainly broken a record for this weekend because you are the youngest driver on the grid by quite some way. Gustas Grimbergus. Have I got your, the pronunciation of that name correct, first of all? Good enough. Good, Good enough. enough. Okay. Good. Um, you're straight out of karting into a pretty much full prototype here, a, a, a Norma M30 LMP3 car. You've been testing, I know, quite a lot. Cast your mind back to that first day when you got into this car. What, what did you think? Um... It was new. It was different. Maybe a bit scary uh, to not crash the car uh, first lap. But uh, little by little, I got more comfortable with it, uh, learning the gears, especially learning the braking and the aero. And and by the end of the first day, I was quite okay in the car. And the second day was was already was already fine, sliding around a bit, controlling the car. So. So learning more and more, and also during the test here, I learned more and more. So ev- every kilometer is is learning more new information and me getting quicker. You've said to me already that actually there are some skills you can take out of karting and into a prototype. I found that bizarre, but just explain a little bit more about that. Uh, well, first of all, it's a steering wheel, two pedals. Okay, three pedals, but you use two when you drive, so it's not that different but uh, also working with the data analysis in karting we also have a lot of data analysis and I can easily transfer it to here understanding all the graphs and you know four wheels steering wheel pedals so you can easily translate that it's heavier a bit more difficult to control in the beginning it's not as pointy as the kart Mm -hmm. but but it's still controllable it's not uh, it's not a truck it's not a different world understandable entirely um i said you're the youngest guy on the grid 16 years old only 16 last month the 24th of march um most of the guys in your peer group i would think are aiming at single seaters so what was the draw into sports cars for you uh well i enjoy watching endurance racing endurance racing is always close 
it, it can be 24 hours of racing and they finish in three seconds yeah. and for example Formula One you, you might have one and a half hours of racing and it's a 30 second gap and nothing happened in the race so here you have a lot more action three classes or four depending on the series so so a lot more action and always something is happening and you have to manage the traffic you have to pass the slower cars be passed by the faster cars so a lot more work and a lot more fun that's another tricky thing i guess because you're in lmp3 which is a large class this year 14 cars entered here at paul ricard um but it is the middle middle class so you're going to be overtaken by potentially 18 lmp2s and you have to overtake the gts but i do know in certain places on the lap actually it's quite a job to get past the gts in the lmp3 uh yeah normally it's a job to to get past them down the straights but we've got a good setup this weekend so it's a bit easier for us to do that but uh yeah you still have to pass them most of the time into the turn Mm -hmm. so that can be quite quite tricky if if the gt is not wanting to let you by but but it's manageable it's possible to do and have you got a feel for that over the two days of testing because obviously you've got to share the test days with your teammates as well we'll move on to those two in a moment but I know you've done plenty of mileage in this car at other venues but was that your first opportunity to go out with so many cars and the cars you're going to be racing on Sunday uh definitely so many cars uh when out testing there were different cars and a lot less of them okay but but still had to pass them so here was just continuing on on what I've built up uh, in in the testing experience and and yeah I in the beginning, I was a bit hesitant to, to pass, but then later I saw that uh, I can pass them, and they will most of the time not try to turn into you and crash into you. You hope, at least. Your co-drivers, again, are new to the Oregon team, so just tell us who they are and, and what you know about them. It might be that you've only just met them in the last few days. Uh, no, I first met them uh, the first test we did. But uh, Damiano raced uh, F3 Formula uh, V8, and last year he did uh, GT Open. And uh, Lorenzo has done a lot of GT racing and has huge experience in, in motor racing. So this is Damiano Fioravanti and the Lorenzo Bontempelli, um, both Italian. So they can communicate with the team, I guess, a little more easily than you. You're from Lithuania. I haven't made that point yet either. And we have had a Lithuanian driver in the ELMS before, Dinius Matiosaitis, yeah. I seem to remember. That was 2015. But great to have your uh, the flag of your country represented on the grid again. How is your Italian? Uh, rusty. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not very good. I can understand something, some things they say, but um, most of the guys here speak English. So it, it, in the meetings we have and talking on the radios... It's not difficult. I don't know what you know about the past form of, of Oregon in ELMS, but um, do you feel this could be a, a really strong year for them? I think definitely testing showed that we're, we're one of the quickest cars out there, and we hope to continue that into the race. Excellent. Well, this may not be the first time we chat this weekend, depending on how well you do in, in the, the sessions that actually mean something. Have you seen a, a weather forecast? Because it's been raining a little bit today, Thursday, raining a bit yesterday, Wednesday as well. What's the forecast for the weekend? Um, it's changing a lot. Now I think it's going to be raining on, on Friday and then sunny for the rest of the weekend, but 
it's been changing the whole week. It's showing different things uh, every hour, so we'll see. Well, Gustas, enjoy it. Uh, be safe, and we wish you well for the first ELMS weekend of your career. Thank you. Staying in the Oregon team garage, uh, let's move on to Gustas, one of Gustas's teammates, Damiano Fioravanti, um, Italian, with an Italian team, but never raced with Oregon before. So, first of all, how is, how is that difficult first meeting going, and uh, are you now getting on with the team, able to communicate? But there is not a lot of problem because we did the one test in Cremona. Uh, I have already uh, went in, on track with, with this team, but with uh, Megarma just for a test. Mm, okay. So I, I already know him. I already know Jerry and Giorgio, the, the team manager of the of the team. So I already know him. So it's not so difficult for me to speak with with, with the, the engineer and all the people. So they are Italian, I am Italian, so they can understand really well each other. So that's a great start, obviously. But you are now in a two-seater car compared to your background, which I think, well, the, the recent background was in Formula V8 series. Now, I have covered some of those races in the past. Really exciting, very nice cars, but often not too many of them. I suppose, in terms of an entry. Uh, this weekend, there's going to be 40 cars on the track all at the same time. Busy. Yeah, this this uh, should be our difficult because uh, I raced a lot uh, in Formula for four years, and then one year in GT, but there are maximum um, 30 cars. Okay. So the, the race is really short because our whole sprint race, this is our endurance race, so for me it's difficult. Uh, in the official test, I try to understand uh, where they uh, let you pass from LMP2, where pass a GT, so this is difficult from this championship but but uh, I think I understand quite well so we can do uh, our clean race and try to do our best Have you been looking at the European Le Mans series to get involved for a few years? Uh, no but uh, just they give me a first so it was mm. quite good and I try I decided to come here because this is the should be my maybe should be my future because in the dance runs uh, you can you can do something no different from sprint race maybe you can find also something there but for sure here is is easily the diff- well, one of the big differences, of course, is that you share the car with two other guys. Um, and they may like the car set up a little differently from you. Uh, a gentleman who comes from uh, GT racing, he's the bronze, Lorenzo. Um, is it a case of sort of all meeting together, all three, to decide how best to, to work with the car? Yeah, we have uh, almost the uh, same, uh, same driving of the car, so... Okay. So we can make a, a right car for everyone. Uh, we test already in Barcelona today. Uh, we are really similar. Just uh, Gustas is coming from karting. He have to understand something for the car. But also in the already in this track, he's really competitive, mm. uh, and he know how to drive the car. So we can do a good championship. And what about the track? What about Paul Ricard? Because I mean, most people know it as a test track although of course it's back on the Formula 1 calendar now as well enjoyable and the challenge well, I like uh, a lot this track uh, I was also quite fast in Mero Formula last year uh, I arrived second or tried fighting for the win also mm. in uh, GT last year uh, I did second in the race 1 and 4 in race 2 and was also just my second race with GT so the track I like a lot the track uh, this 
kind of track, no, with no grass out, uh, so you can push a lot uh, uh, how you want. So yeah, this normally is a test track, but I race here already for this is my for here here. So I know really well the track and I try to push for make a position. No? Mm-hmm. The normal looks really strong uh, compared to the Ligiers this year. I mean, it's single lap speed is one thing, but obviously a four-hour race is very different. But do you think this is the the favourable chassis to have? Yeah, uh, I just understand this year, which is the difference from Ligier and Norma. But here we are really competitive. If we saw the that the official test, uh, so maybe from in this track, uh, this car should be maybe the fastest. I don't know. I hope. Mm. But maybe in Silverstone we can have some problem. But, is this is the track? This is the, the you know the aerodynamics. Maybe in Barcelona the Ligier should be more fast than us, but we we try to fight in every race. Plenty's changed over the winter period at 360 racing, um, doubling the effort, which is no small uh, challenge, I'm sure. Marco, in the team manager, correct? Team owner, team manager, team manager uh, joins me now from 360. So two cars, um, a lineup that I recognise very much from last year. Certainly, Ross Kaiser and Terence Woodward joined by James Dayson, who does have some experience in LMS, but elsewhere in the paddock. Um, and then a, a, a new lineup. Actually, I recognise two of those guys from having raced a Ginetta in the Dubai 12 hours, I think it was, at the start of 2018, which was a kind of support to the 24. So those guys, at least, I'm quite, kind of quite interested in John Corbett and Andreas Lascaratos. They come here with prototype experience, but how are they getting used to the LMP3? Uh, well, they've been running LMP3 over the last season or so, so they've but they've got some experience. As does James Winslow, who's their their pro driver that's joining them on the lineup. Um, they've both raced in V to V previously, and I think, like you mentioned, in a Ginetta prior to that. Um, and they're getting on quite well with it at the moment. It's obviously a super competitive field that we've got for ELMS. So I think the time time will tell as we get through the free practice sessions. So did, did those guys provide you with the opportunity to run a second car? Uh, they did indeed. We'd always been looking at running a second car. And uh, John and I have known each other for quite a few years because he used to run in the Radical European Championship. Yeah. And we ran him initially in an SR3 about eight, seven or eight years ago. So we knew each other and it was just a case of you know, getting to know each other again. And we had the opportunity then for him to bring his car over to us. Um, which he'd been running in in Italy with Monza Garage, mm. and it's been great. You know, as I say, with they're a real nice bunch of guys. So it's just a case of looking after them and bringing their speed up and sorting them out. And James Winslow, I'm guessing, just sort of slots right in. He does, yeah. James and Andreas and John have worked together before, and he's always coached John. So it's just a case of you know the same again, but on a on a higher playing field. So how's the, the the transfer from one car last year to two to gone so far? We're not quite into the season yet, but you've had a few days of testing. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a challenge. Let's put it like that. It's uh, you know to get everything to the same level as it was running one car, and we kind of pride ourselves on the the engineering and the resources that we give one car. So to give to double that effort is um, is a pretty big, a pretty tall order. Uh, but we've got some great members of staff around us that allow us to do it. And, yeah, I think we're doing a really good job of it at the moment. Qualifying on a Saturday, 10 minutes, that's all everybody gets. There are There's a few fewer cars this year, 14 LMP3s. I mean, it's still a stonking field, but do you think that 
there's less of a potential for disaster there because I know that sometimes you've been a little hard done to in, in qualifying and particularly races last year yes I think yeah we're, it was a little bit tough in the last year or two you know you kind of make your own luck and sometimes uh, something doesn't always go your way but I would have said yeah we've got 14 15 cars as opposed to 18 19 from last year mm. so there should be a little bit more space on the track um, but uh, but Ross, Ross who qualifies the sixth car I think he'll, he'll always do us proud the the normal will be particularly strong here in qualifying given its additional straight line speed but um, but from a Ligier perspective I'd expect us to be right there and the combination of Ross Kaiser and Terence Woodward obviously that's well established and James Dayson coming in to join them but are you pleased with the progress that Terence has made I guess through your help and also with Ross yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Terence has been racing with Ross for for a long time now. In uh, you know, starting in Radicals and moving through to P three in twenty sixteen, it's uh, it's a great relationship. And the additional drivers that we've had we, uh, with James Swift and Tony Wells before have always worked very well. Um, and we chatted to James Dayson a few times last year, and I know he'd been working with Euro International. And uh, from our perspective, it was just the the next step. You know, we get on great with James. He's a he's a real good guy, and I think the pace that he's going to prove prove this year will be uh, will be great for him, and will will add to our lineup. Potentially, because you guys are running Ligiers, potentially going to have to be quite a risky setup. I've heard this weekend in in an effort to match the norm, certainly down the long straight here. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one because obviously the different cars suit different circuits yes. uh, throughout the season, and it would be a case of trying to trying to best look after the tyres etc. for the for the Ligier and making sure that we can get ourselves into a strong position in the race. But I don't, I don't think it has to be too risky. As I say, the Ligier is a good car to drive over a race distance, mm. so we'll um, we'll relish that. I think. And the other cracking thing about ELMS, I always think is six races nobody really has a great deal of chance to get away in the championship and five different teams five different cars I think that could have won going into Portimao last year it's going to be about the same again this year isn't it yeah certainly I think so uh, there are a couple of other strong driver lineups that's similar to what we have on, on our cars uh, and I think you're right I think by the time we get to the mid to the end of the season there'll still be still be a few cars that can go out there and win the championship mm. so one or if not two well, of them are idea. yours yeah I, I, I'd like to think so last year with uh, with Terence and Ross we were in a really strong position heading into the last round running running P2 behind RLR um, so it's just a case of you know trying to do the same again good consistent results stay out of trouble and uh, yeah it'd be great you'll be good get both of our cars right at the top by the end of the season Mark Owen from 360 Racing thank you very much all the best for the year thank you very much and yourself Terence Woodward joins me um this looks great. Two, you know, two really nice trailers and very smart cars as well. Thank you. Yeah, it's. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of work. Yeah, it's it's not the work of a moment. You know, pulling these things together, uh, just making sure you've got the necessary resources in place, the necessary expertise across both teams. Um, so it's it's been uh, you know a lot of a lot of hard work, a lot of preparation, but great to see it finally come together. And this has been a few years in the making, hasn't it? I mean. You've been running in LMP3 for, I think, a couple of seasons now and come close to, to some very good results last year. Yeah, I think uh, it took us a few years to get used to the car, actually, because we, we, historically we've always run radicals. Yes. And, uh, you know, they're open top, very nimble, and this is enclosed and, let's say, not so nimble. Um, but the performance comes from the high-speed downforce, high-speed sweepers. That's where you get the lap time from. 
and so it took a little while to get our heads around setting them up, driving them. Last year, we, I think we were second coming into the last round. And we really fancied it actually, and then we, someone hit the back of us early on in the race and uh, destroyed the exhaust, and unfortunately, we, we dropped out of it. But. That's the beauty of having a championship with only six races. Is that, if I recall, going into uh, Portimao, there were five teams in LMP3 that could still win the championship. Yeah, absolutely. It's really exciting racing. You know, they're, they're great cars when you get your head around them. There's quite a lot on the grid. I think there were 15, 20 cars on the grid last year. Lots of good drivers, you know, good, good bronzes. And then you've got people that are br- graded bronze that you could, there's a bit, let's say, debatable. Yes. And then some great silvers and golds in them. So it's a really good standard. And you feel like you're pitching yourself against the best or, you know, drivers that are right up there. Ross Kaiser's always impressed me, particularly when you throw him out for qualifying. I mean, those 10-minute quality sessions are just bonkers. Yeah, it's... Uh, there's, there's no time to sort of uh, get yourself up to speed. You've just got to go for it. And I don't know what it is about these cars. They actually feel like it takes a couple of laps to wind them up. don't really know why, but uh, it really, you know, the tyres are probably at their peak on lap two or lap three. But it usually seems to be four or five if you watch it. People generally go quicker as the ten minutes elapses. But Ross has been fantastic enough. He's coached me, uh, you know, through my sort of racing career. And uh, he's a fantastic driver. He always seems to find something and uh, if we give him a half-decent car, he'll, he'll be there or thereabouts. And what about James? Now, I recognise James's name from ELMS elsewhere, but he's new to this team? Yes, he is, yeah. yeah we, we raced against him a few times last year. Uh, he seemed like a good lad. He's, he's got lots of uh, racing experience. He's just got to learn the car. Okay, and yes. uh, it, we did a little bit of testing with him pre-season, saw some massive improvements in him. You know, he was just learning from Ross's data and a nice setup on the car, a nice friendly setup. And he, you know... Uh, we put a deal together and the three of us are here fingers crossed we'll be competitive what do you know about the other car I mean, and again these are chaps that I recognise from actually a Dubai weekend at the start of 20 where are we 2018 when Andreas Lascaratus and John Corbett I think raced in a Ginetta uh, so they have got some prototype experience yeah they have yeah I mean I, I know John from Radical Days okay. uh, and also uh, James Winslow as well yes. uh, so, for, so we, our paths have crossed before but Mark, Mark uh, Owen, the team manager, he, he put that deal together. Um, so I'm, I'm not across all the details. But yes, I know John, John Corbett very well from, from Radical Days. And um, again, I think you know, they're a good, good setup, a good, a good lineup of drivers, and I expect them to be quick. Is the key in this championship consistency rather than you know, going all out for a win? You've got to pick off the points in every single race. Absolutely, yeah. I think that. If you were looking at just peak lap time, you'd look at those, those testing results from the last few days and you'd think the Normans are just going to run away with it. Uh, unless something's changed this year, you know, in the last three years, the, the Ligiers have won every, every championship. And in fact, I think the Normans have only won one or two races. So they've got one lap pace without a date, Daz, but over, over four hours, it's, it's, a, it's a much closer battle and the Ligiers so far have come out on top. That's why we love endurance racing. It's not all about a single lap. You know, I mean, there's a lot of laps in a four-hour race. I think it's going to be thrilling this year. Uh, I wish you well. Thanks very much. Looking forward to it. Ross Kaiser joins me now as well. I've just had a chat with your uh, teammate, Terence. Um, lots of leg pulling already. But he did say that you're quite good, particularly when you're sent out to qualify the car. You had a good few quality sessions last year. Yeah, we, had, we did have a good few qualities last year. Quality's been a bit mixed over the years. We seem to either be right at the front for the front row mm. or maybe two or three rows back so um, as you know it's, it's mega competitive and it's just uh, trying to turn it on on the day and it's not necessarily you know quality is important but in these races you know it's having a good good 
good setup for the uh, the four hours and one that all the drivers are comfortable with as well. So um, it's how much you change the car in quality and we sometimes try a few things, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's about a balance between you and Terence Woodward and James Dason, who's new to the team this year, and finding that sweet spot where you're all happy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, James has come on board this year and we're getting on great and he seems to like the car in a similar balance to Good. what Terence and I like. So that's really nice for us to all kind of, we all sort of seem to give pretty much the same feedback. So, uh, so when we're setting it up, that makes life easy. And uh, I think we've got a strong, strong little package. There's some very strong driver lineups out mm. there this year. Some questionable bronzes and whatnot, but um, we've got a strong lineup, and uh, yeah, it's a long race, so we're looking forward to it. One or two people have said, mainly the Legion pilots have said, slightly concerning looking at the, the testing times, mm. um, but that is just single lap speed. I mean, the Norma's got, is it an advantage of about a second mm. on a lap? Yeah, the Norma is very quick, probably even quicker than we've seen in the past, but that being said, last year I think in quality the first three spots were locked out by Norma. And when we go to Monza, we know they're quick. So they always they do start strong. They seem to have even more of an advantage potentially than they've had previously. But over the course of the season with some of the other circuits, I think it comes back towards Ligier a little bit. But certainly those, those straight-line speeds, the normas here, are extremely quick. Does that mean you've got to take some risks with the Ligier in terms of setup then, in trimming it out? Yeah, potentially. Uh, we did try that the other day. We tried to go really slippery and... It was pretty quick. I think we were the fastest Ligier, but like I say, then you've got to make the tyres and everything last over race distance. So, um, so we'll see. We're not sure what way we're going the race yet. Wait and see. Are there enough different tracks on the calendar? Do you think you know for for there to be Ligier strong tracks too? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, Red Bull switched to Barcelona. Barcelona's even twistier than certainly twister than Red Bull ring. So, you know, there's a long front straight, but everywhere else, the normas won't have as as much of the straight line advantage. Silverstone Ligiers normally felt pretty well, even though there's some decent straights. So, yeah, Ricard and Monza are probably going to be the toughest two, and then hopefully everything will be a bit closer. There's some news to come about that Barcelona race as well. What do you know? I don't know anything. What news? Tell me. It's going to be a night race, I hear. I, I had no idea. That's exciting. We should have run the other night then and tested <laughs> the lights out. I didn't know we were having a night race. I don't think the press release is quite out, but four o'clock. Are we at four o'clock? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's going to be Saturday night. Is what Gerard Nevers uh, planned? Ah, oh, be interesting. I look forward to it. Like I say, I just hope we've got some decent lights. It'll be a lot of fun. And obviously, you know, temperatures change. Although I mean, it's going to be blooming hot in Spain in July anyway. So maybe you're not going to lose that much temperature. Excited though, ahead of a season. You know, okay, testing might have left you guessing a little bit, but you know, brand new season, two cars. Yeah, for sure. For the team, obviously, it's fantastic. And having a second car as well that helps with other drivers you can talk to, try some different setups. So uh, it's exciting times. So looking forward to getting into free practice and into the race and finding out for sure where we are. Also in LMP3, Laura Milara, Luca Legere and Jan Erlacher are back in the M Racing crew. Now, that's the team that used to be known as M Racing YMR, as in Ivan Muller Racing. I believe it's still Ivan at the head of that squad. They have retained their Norma M30, uh, but previously used to run a Ligier alongside it. That is notable by its absence. So just the one car for the French outfit. And 
just along the way, also running a Norma from France, Team Ultimate of uh, Mathieu and Jean-Baptiste Lehay, brothers, along with their regular bronze driver, Francois Herriot. And they were in contention heading into the final round of last season. Do not discount the metallic red and white car that looks superb, even though that livery has had to be transferred from a Ligier to a Norma, which was done last year. Uh, Euro International... Again, regulars in the LMP3 category within the European Le Mans series. A single car for the uh, American-flagged crew, but there are a lot of Italian uh, staff and mechanics in that garage. It's a Ligier for those guys. Mikkel Jensen and Jens Pettersen are the drivers. And I caught up with Mikkel a little earlier on. A driver no stranger to the ELMS paddock, because we reckon this is your third year in the championship. But it is a different team, although through a contact that you made last year. Yeah, so I've known the team for a couple of years since I did uh, Formula 3. Um, been in touch with the team owner, Antonio, mm-hmm. and now finally we made it together this year. I'm able to do my first fully LMS season, so I really appreciate that and that uh, BMW allowed me to do another program next to my, my factory drive there. Um, and yeah, being next to Jens, he's, he's a very good bronze driver, so I'm really looking forward to, to share the car with him. I guess it's nice as it going into the season knowing you have got six races ahead of you and you can start to not quite plan a path through you know to win the championship but at least you've got that stability to say this isn't just a one off. Yeah, so now we before I was just there to to make the car stronger at each race for them but now I have to think on on my own championship as well. Mm. Um and yeah. The normals are really fast. We we are struggling to to keep up with their pace. I think for Alicia we are doing a really good job at the moment. We have to see what what's the difference on the cars in terms of tire wear and uh, and and running with a heavy car in the race because I I do believe that the normals are stronger on a, with a light car in qualifying. So we might not have a chance there, but the race is four hours long and and I believe we we have a good chance. Yes, because I. I'm not sure whether any attempt has been made by the ACO to try and equalise the performance between the Norma and the Ligier, but if that is the case, they'll be aiming at trying to equalise the performance over four hours and not in a 10-minute qualifying session. I haven't heard about that, so, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, there is a hope, I presume, because, I mean, the Norma, as you say, is very fast down the straights, but it's not potentially very good because it is a heavy car and therefore over a long stint. I mean, what, what stint lengths are these LMP3 cars likely to be doing? 40 minutes? No, we're doing one hour, five minutes. Okay. Um, depending you, yeah, depending on, on if you have any full cost yellow or safety car. But yeah. but if that's the case, you can even extend to one hour 20. So you never know. We have to do two hours on the tyres because we are limited. So you have two sets for a full race, mm. um, which it might be in our favour. Um but yeah, we will. We'll have to see. It's difficult to to comment on that now. But you, I mean, you've got to hope that, as you say, it balances out over that sixty-five minute period. And the Ligier, although it doesn't have straight line speed, I mean, I've seen this before in Ferraris. Let's say in the World Endurance Championship, they can't necessarily qualify on pole position. But you know, you give them three hour long stints, and all of a sudden they're in the mix because the balance of performance, the way that the cars are equalised, is designed for the race. Yeah, but I have to say here the difference is really, really big. It's okay. been one and a half, one point eight seconds uh, theoretically between the Norma and the Ligier, at least for a, a flying lap with new tires, low fuel, mm-hmm. which is is too big. You can't just catch up that. So something really has to happen. Uh, so I I hope 
we are much better on the tires or with a heavy car because if we are not then then we won't really have a chance also when you have a, a fast car on the straight it's much easier to to pass in traffic in the race and it will be much easier for the gentleman basically because for a driver like me and the other the other pro drivers you can easily dive bump into the the corners but if you don't have the speed to pass on the straight you need to risk in the corners and this is where it, it's getting risky there's also i've chatted to a few normal drivers already and they say there is a decision to be made about rear wing settings because obviously this track yes two long straights but there's also some technical parts at the start and at the end as well is there a balance to be struck in the Ligier in terms of where you want to be quickest or is there is there no choice it's got to be quick down the mistral no so the problem with the Ligier is that we need to take off the the downforce uh, to be fast on the straight because otherwise we are too far off the numbers but then we have to sacrifice our car in the corners so it's a bit of a play um, mm. to to get the right thing to get the maximized lap time but also be competitive compared to the normals in the race uh, and how is how is Jens let's say the car set up for you how is Jens then driving a car that could potentially be right on the edge yeah Jens is happy there is a little bit of difference between us uh, but I'm able to drive the car like he likes it as well so it's cool. it's not an issue so you must be pretty hopeful ahead of uh, a brand new season, brand new team, but fr- some friends here. Um, just a question mark as to how the chassis is going to get on, I suppose, up against five normas. Yeah, I, I kind of like to be the underdog, and I believe that, that we have a chance uh, still. Um, so we don't we don't have the best car, everybody knows it, but to beat the normas is, is, is a massive goal, and if we can achieve that, I would be very, very happy, uh, because it's clear that we would then be able to win with with not the best material yes i think it's going to be fascinating you might not agree right now but uh, maybe it'd be good to catch up with you after the race when it's potentially a podium or better uh michael jensen thank you very much thank you too thank you finally the category that's made a big step forward is gte now not exactly the poor relation in previous years but we've tended to have a maximum of six in the entry for certainly the last three seasons we have nine cars now to be excited about not quite the variety because it's a ferrari versus porsche battle there are five ferrari 488s entered and four porsche 911 rsrs a couple sported from proton competition they're the, the defending champions after Gianluca and Giorgio Roda took the driver's title in GTE last season and Proton Competition, uh, the um, the team's uh, title, almost said manufacturers there, but uh, not entered as a Porsche factory team, of course. And the other entry, so that's car number 88, 77 entered as Dempsey Proton Racing. Now, I wanted to know the intricate details as to why one's Proton Competition and one is Dempsey Proton Racing. I think it's all in an effort to make sure they're best placed for a Le Mans entry in future years. Very well-known drivers, though. In the 88, it'll be Marco Seafried and Thomas Prining, who's the next talent to come out of the Porsche Junior programme. Uh, amazingly, Marco Seafried, a silver-graded driver these days. Prining is the gold, and then Horst Felbermeyer being the bronze in the... Th- trio which must contain at least one bronze the other car has uh, christian reed who's taken part in virtually every uh, european le mans series race i think since it changed its name in 2012 the record is stout and christian has certainly been with the wec every single step of the way ricardo Pera and matteo cairoli are his teammates other porsche teams project one who are 
Uh, an entry in the World Endurance Championship, let us not forget, and two of their drivers, Egidio Perfetti and Jörg Bergmeister, set for a full season in the ELMS. Great to have the 56 car on board, therefore. And Ebi Motors of Italy, winners of the GT3 part of the Le Mans Cup a couple of years ago, they uh, are all set for another season in ELMS competition with Fabio Babini, a former champion in this uh, ELMS series in 2013, joined by Marco Frezza and Sebastian uh, Fortuna, all Italians for an Italian crew. And uh, sadly, well, I always think it's strange that they're not running a Ferrari, but it's the Porsche, as Ebi Motors have done for several years now. Car number 80, though, will be one of the favourites as we start this weekend at Paul Ricard. As far as the prancing horses are concerned, Lusich Racing are a new name on me, but scratched beneath the surface, and it's basically another Spirit of Race stroke AF Corsa car. Um, had a nice chat with Nicholas Nielsen from that number 51 car a little bit earlier on. He's joined this year by Alessandro Pierguidi and Fabian Leverne. The European Le Mans Series. They do say that uh, no endurance race is quite complete without an AF Corsa, a Spirit of Race, Ferrari. Now, this car isn't technically entered as that, and a guy, a guy who can probably explain the situation a little better is uh, Nicholas Nielsen, who is driving for uh, Lusich Racing, I think it's pronounced. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, so like you said, uh, an AF Corsa car with a different name. And, yeah, we're looking forward to get started. You've raced GTs before? Well, I haven't actually done a lot of uh, GT racing. I did uh, the Ferrari Challenge last year and won the Finale Mondiale and, and the Championship as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased to be a, a, a part of this wonderful project. Now, Finale Mondiale was where last year? Because I was at Mugello a couple of weekends ago. They managed to bag that event for 2019, but in 18? Yeah, Monza. Cool which is where we go after Ricard. So that's already track knowledge for, for round two. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I've been uh, to most of the European tracks. I mean, first time in Paul Ricard, but, um, but yeah, most of the tracks I already know. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see. And what's the difference? I mean, I'm guessing there are quite a few of them from a challenge car stepping up now to, to full-on GTE. Yeah, huge difference. I mean, um, obviously the biggest difference is uh, the way of driving. Yes. I mean, this is more downforce, no ABS, so this is a um, this is a proper proper race car. I mean, the challenge was very nice uh, to drive to learn. I learned a lot from that because uh, you cannot at any time overdrive that car, and it's really easy to overdrive. Uh, so I would say I've learned a lot by by doing that, and I'm 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 good prepared for for this season. And we always say in sports car racing, Ferrari don't have a works team, but if they did have a works team, it would be Amato Ferrari's outfit. I mean, you're with, you're with just about the best guys here. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm really, really pleased to be a, a part of this project and, and the people around are just incredible. So Now, I can't, my memory's not good enough and I can't see the names on the roof, but talk, talk me through your two teammates and how you have got on with those guys so far. Well, the, um, I'm with Alessandro Peguidi. Ferrari. Now I've heard of him. Yeah. I think he's had a world championship in the past. Yeah, I've heard the uh, the guy's pretty good, and I'm really really <laughs> pleased to uh, to share a car with him. And uh, it will be a, a lot to learn for me as well. And uh, yeah, like I said, very happy to have him on the car. Um, our bronze driver will be uh, Fabien Laverne from France. Um, very very fast bronze as well. So I think the lineup we have is uh, is really really good, and and will be uh, competitive. The, the rule set in GTE always fascinates me in that you've got to have a bronze and then I think it's either a bronze or a silver and obviously a silver is chosen in you and then you get to have a completely free choice so that's where Alessandro Pierguidi fits in. 
but it's fascinating across a four-hour race because obviously people are putting their drivers in in different orders. Yeah, it's going to be inter- interesting to see what uh, what kind of strategy the other teams are going to do. Uh, we haven't really um, finalized our stuff yet, but um, I think, like I said, with the lineup that we have, um, we will be very competitive. And there's lots more GTEs than we've had in the past, stepping up to nine from six in previous years. We don't have the variety as such because it's Ferrari versus Porsche. Um, how much have you been able to tell from the testing that's been done so far where you sit in terms of where the Porsche's pace is? Well, the, the Porsche didn't seem like they were not doing a lot of running, to be honest. Um, but um, I would say we are very happy with the car, uh, with the way our, our car performed. Mm-hmm. Um, times were looking very good as well. It's always difficult to say in testing, as you know, but... Um, I have a good feeling. And this track's kind of quite special in that, I mean, it's so technical at the start and the finish, but then a very, very, very long straight in the middle. Does that mean you've got very two different routes to, to go as far as car setup is concerned? Well, yeah, obviously there is, there is always different ways to go, you know, but um, I think all in all at the moment it's just uh, it's, it's about really managing the tyres for the whole stint. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's about having a car that is not too too hard on the tyres as well. So um, you you have to find something in the middle, I would say. And completing the Ferrari lineup in the GTE category, Spirit of Race as a proper entry are back again. Car fifty five with the regulars Duncan Cameron, Matt Griffin, and Aaron Scott. Only one of those guys has won an ELMS title before. That was Matt Griffin in twenty thirteen when he raced with Johnny Molem in the Ram Racing Ferrari. Uh, Duncan Cameron, Aaron Scott come so close to titles in previous years. Surely one of these days a title must go their way and they uh, will be very confident I'm sure heading into 2019 with a, such a close-knit and, uh, and well-established unit um, all the wheels are neatly oiled ahead of another season of ELMS racing there also Kessel Racing making the step up then from the Michelin Le Mans Cup they've got a Le Mans entry of course for 2019 having taken victory in the Michelin Le Mans Cup last season they've got two GTE Ferraris for ELMS competition, cars 60 and 83, and some cracking driver lineups, including Andrea Pacini, who's a gold in one of them, and also an interesting all female lineup, which includes Manuela Gosner of Italy, Rahel Fry of Switzerland, and Michelle Gatting, who is Danish. A bronze and two silvers there in the Kessel Racing number 83. It's really difficult to pick who's going to be strong this weekend at Paul Ricard. As, as I say, it's a shame we haven't got some different uh, chassis, different car manufacturers represented, but you can certainly have a, a ding-dong race with nine GTEs, whether they are Ferraris or Porsches, frankly. And I think possibly the gap has been narrowed over the winter period. Whether Porsche was strong at most venues we travelled to last year, Ferrari has just given been given a little bit more of an edge as far as balance of performance is concerned. It's a weird old track, this. I do like coming here to Paul Ricard, but um, obviously built initially to be a test track and a high-tech test track at that. Really great location. Um, The weather's not been playing ball over the last few days, but I understand it's going to be dry for the sessions that mean something, i.e. qualifying on Saturday and the racing on Sunday. But you get spectacular views from not quite the top of a mountain but we are pretty high up here and it means that temperatures that are, that are experienced in nearby Marseille are generally a little bit warmer than uh, this hillside location 
in Ricard. But as I say, um, very spectacular from a viewing perspective. It also means that it's a bit more spectator-friendly because Formula One returned here with the French Grand Prix in 2018 and they're back again later on this year. So there are a few more grandstands that can be utilised by the spectators. Again, it's free entry with a small charge to get into the paddock, but all the fans can get in for absolutely free and enjoy a two-hour race on Saturday and a four-hour race on Sunday. There's some support racing as well from the newly named Formula Regional (laughs) Championship. Not quite sure about that title, but that's basically what used to be known as Formula 3. So, yes, varied entertainment on the bill for the next three days. After Ricard, there's basically one race per month, excepting June, of course, because something else happens then, (laughs) which you may be aware of. But uh, it'll be Italy in about a month's time and Monza. Miss out uh, June, but then on into July, the Saturday night race in Barcelona. Then it's on to Silverstone in August, and we can say August for the European Le Mans Series race because the WEC event, which is also the same weekend, is on the 1st of September, but the last day of August, a four-hour race for the ELMS in Northamptonshire. On to Spa in September, and then in October, back to Portimao, which is a real favourite for the competitors and teams. A cracking, undulating circuit and a great venue for potentially championship deciders in all three classes. It got very close in LMP3 in 2018. I see no reason why it can't be the same. That's the beauty of only having a six-race season. It doesn't really give that much of an opportunity for anyone to stretch a huge lead in the championship. I'm sure there'll be uh, a hatful of GTE teams and cars still in the mix as well. And who's going to be strong in LMP2? That's very tough to tell ahead of the first race. Um, There's only really one way to, to be able to find that out. And that's to stick with our coverage here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. We'll have everything from Saturday uh, all for your delectation. So that is the Michelin Le Mans Cup qualifying and the Saturday evening race. And ELMS will be covering qualifying the three doses of 10 minutes for each of the classes and then the full four hours of Le Castellet uh, to enjoy on Sunday. And we'll be there every step of the way for ELMS, I'm delighted to say, once again on the RSL network. Taking a pause for Le Mans, but that's an opportunity for many of the competitors involved in this championship to also take their cars to the 24 hours and see how they get on at Le Sartre. Walking around the paddock today, there's a real buzz in the air ahead of what could be a very special season for the ELMS. I don't think we've ever had 41 cars and each of the three categories so well subscribed. I hope it's clean, at least the first few laps. Um, It is notoriously difficult to get that many cars through the first few corners here at Ricard. I'm also pushing my mind forward a month to Monza where they've all got to get through the right left chicane for the first time of asking as well um, it's worth and I'm sure this will be drilled into everyone in the driver's briefing by, by uh, race director Eduardo Freitas it's a four hour race so there really isn't the need for anything do or die into that first corner but um, it's become the more recent season start of course we had several seasons when Silverstone was uh, the the start of the year but uh, nice to come to the south of France to kick things off sort of the spiritual home for the ELMS as well with many staff members from the ACO and LMEM uh, guiding us through the last few days too I think they're excited as well this is a very very strong championship now and gone are those horrendous days in the early 2010s when it really looked like the ELMS might grind to a halt Be sure to join us this weekend, the European Le Mans series, getting back up and running here on the Radio Show Limited Network. Join myself, Johnny Palmer, and Graham Goodwin for all the coverage.
I can't wait. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.